Ciao. You're listening to Ed Up Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepicello, former president of University of Phoenix and higher ed vagabond. So let's get started. Well, podcastees, if you are loyal listeners, and you're all loyal listeners, right? You will remember that early on in this series of episodes, I had one entitled No Comprendo, where I talked about stuff that just confounds me uh, about what's going on in higher education. And today I want to talk about another one of those things. And this one is uh, a recent study that claims that there's general optimism about higher education from within the community. So there was an annual survey of uh, scholastic leaders conducted by Inside Higher Ed in cooperation um, with Hanover Research. And the, the headline is that college and university presidents are strongly optimistic about the futures of their institutions, at least for the next five years. And I interject here, it might be the length of their tenure. But that headline, which was published, uh, you know, in this uh, 13th annual survey, somehow runs afoul of what we're hearing from the, uh, the pundits and external experts who study higher education. I thought higher education studied stuff, but there are people who study higher education. In any event, these experts are predicting that the, the future is not cheery for higher education. In fact, some of them are looking for an imminent collapse. Now, so if you juxtapose that with the optimism that comes out of this study, it makes me say, no comprendo. Now, let's talk about a little bit about what, what, what the findings are here. Um, some of the headlines show that campus leaders are quite optimistic about the state of their institutions and of higher education as a whole. Almost eight in 10 respondents agree that their institution will be financially stable over the next decade. Presidents are twice as likely to say their institution will be better off next year than it is now. And only 26% say that they expect that next year will be worse than this year. Only one in five is worried about the rate of faculty and staff turnover. And more than two thirds agree that their institution has the capacity to meet the mental health needs of undergraduate students. So we see that you know, around 80% of presidents and chief financial officers think that the future is, is okay for higher education and in particular for their institutions. Okay, so much for statistics. You know, some other findings in the survey um, reveal that campus chiefs also fully recognize the strains and pressures prompting many observers and these pundits that I referred to, um, lead, leading them to question the viability of hundreds of institutions and to worry about the state of higher education generally. Okay, so these scholastic leaders are overwhelmingly optimistic, but they say, you know, there's a, there's a lot of bad stuff out there we have to deal with. And, and so we need to worry about the future of higher education. Again, when I juxtapose those two things, I have to say, no comprendo. Now, my 
personal perspective is I want to know what meds these respondents are taking and where I can get some. Okay, why would I say this? I say this because the high level of confidence in these results doesn't really seem to jive without, with what we're seeing out there in the higher ed sector. You don't have to be an expert or a pundit. All you have to do is be an observer. You know, in fact, some of the press coverage on this survey quoted uh, these external experts as saying that the presidents who responded, uh, you know, the people who see the numbers and know the plans are just wrong or they're in denial. Okay, so where am I coming from? Okay, first, feel free to check out some earlier episodes, namely episodes three and four of, uh, of Insights here, where I talk about the business model of higher education and its structure and the return on investment there. But don't take my word for it. Let me give you a sample of some recent headlines from the educational trades. First, Lewis University to absorb St. Augustine. Next, private colleges tuition discount rates continue to hit record highs. Third, DePaul University, the largest Catholic college in the United States in terms of total enrollment, is facing a projected budget gap of $56 million. This is a Catholic college, people. Next, American University in Puerto Rico is to close at the end of the year. Next, an article entitled Slimming Down to Stay Afloat. And the headline here is that projecting an enrollment nosedive, West Virginia University is preparing for a lean future. Now, some of this call, some call this an act of surrender, and others say it's a prudent choice that should be replicated by other institutions. Now, let me point out that West Virginia University's president is one Gordon Gee, one of the most versatile, savvy, intelligent, and strategic leaders in higher education. So this article is not to be taken lightly. Next. We find the Cardinal Stritch University is closing its doors for good at the end of the spring semester, a casualty of the demographic and financial woes. And we see that the, there were other uh, effects here. One is that uh, a headline reads, more students are stopping out, but fewer are re-enrolling. And I'll talk about that in a bit. And there's a projection of some ripple effects of what's going on in higher education. And that is, there are projections that enrollment declines will threaten the economic futures of some college towns. So none of that is particularly uh, cheery news. Now, S&P Global Ratings Credit Analyst Jessica Wood said recently, and I'll quote some of this, the college and university sector has experienced financial tailwinds from unprecedented federal emergency relief funds, that is from the pandemic, but these funds have mostly been exhausted entering calendar 2023, likely creating operating pressures for many schools. Exactly. Student enrollment, as we know, has not rebounded the pre-pandemic levels uniformly across the education sector. And a lot of schools continue to face enrollment pressures. 
Now, at the same time, wage and general expense inflation are going to continue to be an economic challenge for most higher education providers, and just as it is for the people who depend on those higher education providers. And at the same time, revenue recovery, even with tuition increases, is likely not enough to fully offset expense growth, says Jessica Wood. Now, what does all this mean? It means that as colleges face hard choices and the end of federal relief funds, officials are going to have to make decisions in an environment full of serious challenges for higher education. And while many colleges have closed, others have opted for, for a different route, finding a merger partner or, or a third party partner uh, to keep their institutions alive, even if sometimes it means being absorbed into another college. Some struggling institutions like Bloomfield College in New Jersey have made appeals for public partners. And for Bloomfield, that appeal paid off in the form of a merger uh, with Montclair State that is now underway. And recently we saw that uh, St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia announced a merger with Pennsylvania College for Health Sciences, which is the second merger in less than 12 months for St. Joseph's, which recently also absorbed the University for Sciences there in the, in the Philadelphia area. Now, as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it's also been noted that student outcomes in the aftermath of a closure are overwhelmingly negative. A recent uh, study found that only 47% of students re-enrolled anywhere after their college closed. And of those who did re-enroll, only about a third earned a credential. Now, all of that is, is based on uh, an analysis that examined college closures between 2004 and 2020. Um, and there were lots of lists of the, of the colleges that have closed in the last decade. Um, you can Google it and, and easily um, find that list, which is surprisingly large. So, you know, if we look at the, the current state of higher education and what we see going on as it's being reported to us, there doesn't seem to be a lot of good news, either from the perspective of students or institutions themselves. It seems like the house may be on fire, or at least some portions of it, and we need to pay a little more attention. So I'd say that's about it for confidence building. You know, now let me let me be clear here. I think there's a good reason for optimism in higher education. And if you um, listen to the last couple of episodes um, of this podcast, you can uh, you'll find out why I'm optimistic. I think there are lots of institutions and lots of leaders that are analyzing the environment correctly, taking their institutions in the right direction and doing it in a, in a measured and reasonable and accountable way. But I don't see that this particular survey that I've just been talking about uh, and the report that came out of it uh, is a confidence builder for the higher ed sector. And so it leads me to 
uh, end this episode with the conclusion, no comprendo. And with that, I'll invite you to tune in for the next exciting episode. Ciao.